Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. I have news for Chris Canty, which is a couple years ago, they'd pay you to go to a Cleveland Browns game. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Michelle Smallman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And, Michelle, it's time for us to go out to the hotline, talk to one of the guys whose name is on this show. He is a guest on it now. Chris Canty joins us. And, yes, Chris, a couple years ago on like vivid seats, Browns tickets were three dollars. You paid twenty bucks to watch twelve year olds play football. These people should be put in jail, Chris. No question about it. It's a racket, Hammer. I'm just trying to figure out where's all the money going. Like, oh, I know where it's going. going. The, the parents, the parents are paying for these kids to be on these teams. They're paying the money to travel. They're paying the money for food. They're paying the money for the jerseys. We're paying to watch them. And it wasn't just 20 bucks out of my pocket. It was 60 because I paid for my dad and my oldest brother to come with me because we wanted to support my godson. It's absolutely ridiculous. It is, Chris. Absolutely ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers thinks that Sean Payton's comments about Nathaniel Hackett also absolutely ridiculous. I want to get your take on that. Aaron Rodgers responding, saying that it made, made him feel bad that someone like Sean Payton, who's accomplished a lot, is insecure and had to take another man down. He said he thought it was out of line and inappropriate and that he needs to keep his coach's name out of his mouth. What was your reaction to Aaron Rodgers' response to Sean Payton's comments? Yeah, it was expected, but I didn't know that it was completely necessary. And here's why. I didn't have a problem with what Rogers said. The only issue is if this Jets team is going to take their cues from Rogers all season and they're going to clap back at everybody that has something negative to say about them outside of the building, they ain't going to have time to focus on the task to hand, which is trying to win football games. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no problem with the head coach taking care of it. Rob Sala addressed it, thought it was over with. Rogers was asked about it. And he responded the way he wanted to respond. And I guess we should expect that because Nathaniel Hackett is his guy. But, I was, you know, I, I didn't know that it was necessary to take it to the length of keep my, keep my name out your mouth, my coach's name out your mouth. Like, is this, I mean, is this a Will Smith-Chris Rock situation? Is Aaron Rodgers <laughs> going to slap Sean Payton week five in Denver? Like, I, I don't know. What, like, your play and what you do on the field speaks louder than anything that you could say. And so while Rob Sala addressed it, and that's the head coach's spot, I thought from the quarterback standpoint that he could have got the team to take a different approach when it comes to all the noise that will undoubtedly be surrounding them all year. Do I have a problem with it? No. I just felt like there was a better way to handle it. Chris Canty with us, of course, the host of Canty and Carlin, as we're on Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Michelle Smallman. Um, you know, the other piece of this is the Peyton piece. What do you think his motive was for doing what he did? Because I have a hard time believing that he didn't do it, Chris, with eyes pretty wide open about what was going to happen here. Oh, yeah, Sean is calculated. Like, anybody that knows him, spend any time with him, they know that everything he does is with a purpose. And 
Undoubtedly, it was to take pressure off of Russell Wilson, to change the conversation around the Denver Broncos coming into this season, to try to explain away why Russ was so bad last year. Think about this, guys. Russ' career lows in QBR, touchdown to interception ratio, completion percentage, and a career high in sacks. How do you explain all of that away? Well, the way you explain it all away is by blaming Nathaniel Hackett for the nonsense that took place there and saying that Russ is going to bounce back because all of the things that were allowed to happen won't happen under his watch. Remember, when Sean Payton took the job, he said there are three fights that you got to fight every single day. Division from within, your competition, and public perception. It's that third one that he's trying to attack when he went after Nathaniel Hackett last week. And guys, make no mistake about it. It was calculated. He knew exactly what he was doing. And the apology was just a part of the entire plan. Sean Payton doesn't feel bad about what he did. He just knew that he had to say what he had to say because of all of the noise. But Sean Payton, if he had it to do over again, would have done the exact same thing because the criticism around Russell Wilson was so loud, his response in defense of his quarterback had to match that energy. Chris, it feels like this has been the offseason of the Jets and of the running backs. It feels like those are the two things that we've been focusing on the most. And we have another running back that's in the news, Jonathan Taylor, requesting a trade from the Colts. What do you make of this situation? Do you think that there's any way that Jonathan Taylor can find his way back to Indianapolis? Or do you think we'll see him traded? I think this is going to be ugly, times ugly, guys. I mean, very rarely do you hear about the player in the organization huddling up and things getting worse. But that's where we are. I mean, you thought that cooler heads would prevail when he met with Jim Irsay on Saturday. And coming out of it, you got the comments from Irsay and you got the request to be traded by, from Jonathan Taylor's camp. I, I, this, is, this is bad. Um, the, 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 the layer that, that makes it even more complex is what's happening with his injury designation. Right now he's on the physically unable to perform list. The cult internally have been mulling putting him on a non-football injury list, saying that it was a back thing that he had in the offseason and not the ankle surgery that's keeping him out of practices. Um, And so that in and of itself is a dispute that could get ugly. I I don't know what the resolution is beyond both sides just parting company, but it seems clear based on Ursay's comments, they're not going to pay Jonathan Taylor anytime soon. And I think Jonathan Taylor is probably content sitting on the sidelines and getting his check, um, you know, and keeping things status quo until he gets what he wants. So I don't know that things get resolved with, and, and they are able to come back together in Indy. Um, but, but I'm sitting here watching with my popcorn like everybody else has. I think it's absolutely fascinating. Chris Canty with us, host on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. If you played for the Colts, what would you be thinking? Uh, let me make sure I can get my money or position myself to get my money elsewhere. At, at this point, it's not about – like, that's the part that, that, that strikes me as odd from Jim Ursay's standpoint. You're making it harder for Chris Ballard and for Shane Steichen, a rookie head coach, to do their jobs. Like, I, I get that he's one of the more outspoken owners. He has no filter. Whatever is on his mind, he's going to let it be known. He puts his mind on speaker box. And that's I, – I, I appreciate that for what we do, but if I'm in that locker room and I hear how he's viewing Jonathan Taylor and saying the NFL will go on, it, 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 just, it just flies in the face of the respect that an owner should have for 
his employees and the guys that lay it on the line and, and, and make his business money. I, I just, it, it didn't, it didn't feel right to me. Marcus Spears on get up earlier today. He said, it's not necessarily that what Ursay said was wrong, but it's a way that you do things. And this is, you know, it, 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 this feels a little disrespectful in the way that he handled Jonathan Taylor. Do you feel the same way about Jerry Jones, Chris? Because he is talking about Zach Martin's contract. He said that it's not about precedent. It's about facts. And we need that money to pay Micah Parsons. So what did you make of Jerry Jones talking about Zach Martin's contract publicly like that? Paying Micah Parsons is a tomorrow problem. That's a tomorrow problem. You got a problem right now today with Zach Zach Martin. Micah Parsons is one of the best players in all of football. Probably the best defensive player in all of football. Zach Martin is probably, you can make an argument, the best player on that team. Think about that, guys. That's how good Zach Martin is at his job. Like, him and Michael Parsons are one-two, and you can make an argument for either one of them that they're the best player. You're not getting to where you want to go without a happy Zach Martin. And for this situation to devolve where Zach feels like he has to stay away from training camp, knowing the sports character of that man, that just tells you how bad it is. Make no mistake about it. This is not something that just came up in the last month. You know, based on what I've been hearing and, and reports that have been out there, Zach Martin's camp has been trying to engage the Cowboys for some time now, several months, and try to get something worked out with a long-term deal because he's grossly underpaid. He's going to make $13.5 million this year. Laramie Tunzel's cap hit is like $25.5 million. So he's getting paid about half of the highest-paid offensive lineman in all of football, which is ridiculous. So something needs to be done about that. Something can be done about that. Now, the Cowboys got other mouths to feed. They, they just paid Trevon Diggs. They're going to have to pay C.D. Lamb before the season starts. They're not having, they don't have to pay Michael Parsons until after the year. You worry about Michael Parsons in 2024. Right now, you got to worry about getting Zach Martin in camp. And for what Mike McCarthy says he wants his team to be about, you're going to need Zach Martin in order to accomplish the team's ultimate goals. Brooklyn Chiefs apparel is fire, and you can get it while it's hot. Can I interest you in an? Hold on. Can I interest you in an adult leather jacket that they're selling on the website for two hundred dollars? Happy Merry yeah, Christmas! Yeah, I'm ordering no, this up I'm for you good. now. Hey, I'm a small man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. The Brooklyn Chiefs and that youth football league got enough of my money this weekend. <laughs> just, did concessions? Did they at least give you some popcorn, some candy? Nothing. No, they had a concession stand there, but I was afraid to go over there because of the price of admission. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's, it's not like we're going to watch high-level football. The, the, I mean, literally, like the helmets are bigger than the kids. Oh. <laughs> we're, we're t- and there were, here's the worst part about it. There were no bleachers, no stands. You had hundreds of people out there. You had about four or five bleachers with about six or seven rows. That's it. Oh. For tw- for twenty dollars a pop, you could have gone to a couple of Yankee games for that. Uh, Chris Canty, actually, you. the en- the entertainment value of the kids might be better than the entertainment value of the Yankees right now. Uh, Chris, oh, appreciate on, the Hammer. time. I didn't need that. I, 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 I had I had to I had to do it. Canty, appreciate what the time, the buddy. Need, what are the Guardians doing these days? Trading away, trading away their yeah, best exactly, pitcher exactly. a half game out for some reason. I don't even know what the hell they're doing. Canty, thank you. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good one.
That's Chris Canty of Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. I think it's Zach Martin. I think with two years left on his deal, they weren't expecting this to be an issue right now. I think this is something that may have caught them a little bit off guard as training camp starts. This guy is one of the best football players in the National Football League. He's a top two player on the Dallas Cowboys roster, and he might not be number two. He's a great player. He's you know he's a, he's one of our team leaders. You know, there's nothing but love for him, and, and so that part hasn't changed. I think as Jerry's already addressed it. I mean, it's, this is a business situation, and and that's where it is. From one team's drama off to the Cowboys drama, which is always going crazy. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Michelle Smallman, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I have a feeling, Michelle, a lot of people are taking Jerry Jones' side in the Zach Martin contract dispute because, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the average football fan thinks it's weird when an offensive guard decides that it's time to hold out. Like, quarterback, running back, receiver, guy on your fantasy team, fine. But when an offensive guard is holding out, I don't know, people may be more likely to take the owner's side. I don't know, because Zach Martin isn't just an ordinary guard. He is one of the best players in the NFL. And when you look at the success of the Dallas Cowboys, how much of it runs through Zach Martin or doesn't run through Zach Martin? We talk a lot about Dak Prescott needing to improve this year. That's not going to happen if Zach Martin is not playing. So I, I think the average fan, while they normally might not take an offensive lineman's side in disputes like this, this is this is a rarity. This is an outlier. This is not your average offensive lineman. I mean, I guess, Michelle, I would say that for owners in these negotiations, the things that they're saying publicly aren't helping themselves in the negotiation itself. Jerry was doing an interview with the great Ed Werder live on NFL Live, the two legends talking to each other. And Jerry Jones had this to say about Zach Martin, his best offensive lineman and maybe the best player on his team holding out in training camp. We've had our talks, and uh, uh, I think we'll just plan it day by day and see how it goes. Uh, we've got a lot of guys. We've got a guy named Parsons out here that uh, is going to need a little money when the time comes. So uh, That's we're, we're going to be judicious with our money. <laughs> I can't tell in there if Jerry's being a little bit facetious with that because, look, no one's saying Zach Martin isn't as important to the Cowboys' success as Parsons. I'm sure if Jerry had to pick between the two, he would take Parsons, but, you know, they're trying to win a Super Bowl this year, you know, while Jerry is still alive to enjoy it, Michelle. I hate to be morbid, <laughs> but I think that the clock is ticking, though. He's getting know, older. I, I, I mean, we're all getting older. We all so are. focus on what's 100%. happening today and don't worry about the guy you have to pay next year. That's not Dallas Cowboys thinking at all. I just don't know. And, and Jerry and Jim say are built different, Aaron. They have, they, they believe to play by a different set of rules than you do or I do. But I don't know how Jerry Jones thinks that it's going to benefit these negotiations or discussions with Zach Martin by going out publicly saying, we have to be judicious about this. We've got other guys to pay. How is that going to help you smooth this over with a player that you desperately need to be on the field? Why, even if that's the truth, even if that's where your headspace is, how does that benefit you by talking about this publicly they need Zach Martin to play and all he wants is to win and you're not going to do it without this guy so by going out there and and pitting him against one of his teammates and talking Uh, about how you need to pay this guy over him that's not going to work I would agree with that and I think 
beyond that, look, the owners in the NFL have all the power, you know, and I think they're starting to feel a little bit of a player empowerment thing going on in the midst of this collective bargaining agreement. I mean, how many big name players are having contract issues or holding out across the NFL over the course of this entire offseason? I mean, we had a situation with Aaron Rodgers. We had a situation with Lamar Jackson. We've had situations with it feels like every team has been hit with at least one of these. And the nature of the conversation has never been more, more polarized than it is now. It's not about the two sides working together to find the right deal. Every deal seems to be about, you know, the players in the NFL really trying to fight for more of the pie. Mm-hmm. And But they already agreed to a collective bargaining agreement that's going to run for like another eight years that has the owners holding the keys to the car. In the NBA... The players have the keys. Dame Lillard wants a trade. He might even be able to force his way right to Miami. In the NFL, it doesn't work like that. Harry Douglas is a host here on ESPN Radio, and he talked about you know, the Cowboys' need for Zach Martin, which might not be obvious to the layman football fan, but they got to have this guy if they're going to win the Super Bowl. If you're Jerry Jones and you want an opportunity this season, you better get Zach Martin signed. You want Dak Prescott to be better? How in the hell is Dak Prescott going to be better if his best offensive player, his best offensive lineman, Zach Martin, isn't there when I just listed the defenses that he has to play against? I think Zach Martin feels like he doesn't know how much more football he really has. I mean, he's been in the league, you know, eight, nine years. And I think this is, he feels, his best opportunity to jump right back up and become what he deserves to be paid, which is like the highest paid guard in the NFL and not way, way, way down that list. Michelle, do you think this ends up with him getting a new deal or are you concerned that, you know, he might come back at the very end? The the Cowboys kind of need him there also for all of this. Absolutely. And I think that he is underpaid and relative to his production and the market and he should get more money but i also don't know if he can get it because you're right jerry jones has the power here and i don't know if we'll see zach martin really take this where it needs to go in order for him to get a deal i think he's making his statement now and hopes that jerry changes his mind and pays him he's got his quarterback coming out there saying pay the man he has people like us talking about how good he is nationally going through the numbers on why he's so valuable everybody is in agreement that he should get more money zach martin should get more money he deserves more money but then you have the owner saying i got to pay somebody else and if you don't want to play then don't That's basically what's happening. And I don't think if this is a who blinks first, I don't think Jerry's going to blink first. All right. um, Take a second to think about this. And I want us to both try to answer it next. Would you rather have the best running back in the NFL or the best guard in the NFL? If you had a choice. Now, the best running back is going to bring people through the gates is going to have lots of endorsements, going to be on everybody's fantasy team. I don't know if Zach Martin goes walking around Dallas, people probably recognize him. But he could probably go to, you know, New York City and people just think, oh, that big guy must play football. But I don't know <laughs> that they can identify specifically who it is. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who would you rather have on your team? The best guard in football or the best running back in football? And speaking of owners hurting their team, 
What is the continued fallout from the Jim Irsay Jonathan Taylor feud in Indianapolis? We talk about it. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Michelle Smallman with you, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. I think Jim Irsay is going to regret this one because Jonathan Taylor and his agent are going to make this really, really difficult. You got to be real concerned right now if you're the Colts. Jonathan Taylor is one hell of a running back, and there's a reason why he's not participating in the camp right now, more likely than not. It has nothing to do with injury. If Anthony Richardson doesn't have that help, it's going to be a very long season for Indianapolis. Well, when there's drama in the NFL... I want to hear from Mina Kimes, and she's going to join us in just a second on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin with you. We're on the ESPN app on Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Michelle Smallman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and Mina joins us now. Of course, you can watch her on NFL Live. You can listen to her podcast with Lenny wherever you get your podcasts. Mina, of all the drama we've had over the last four days, what's the quote, the story, the tweet that made you the most shocked and the most surprised? I mean, I think Jim Irsay's quote about the NFL moving on and no one really matters. (laughs) Maybe not that surprising because he does tend to shoot from the hip, to put it gently, but just so cynical and also I think profoundly unhelpful when it comes to trying to get Jonathan Taylor, you know, in the building and, um, it's kind of unclear what his injury status is, but uh, to at least get through this season with him, which I know is the goal in Indianapolis, having your owner say he ultimately doesn't matter uh, strikes me as counterproductive. And that was pretty jarring, frankly. So, yeah, I'll have to go with that one. Mina, do you see a pathway back for Jonathan Taylor and the Colts, or do you think that he's going to inevitably get what he wants and get moved? I, I don't think... 
that Jonathan Taylor has much to gain from holding out, unfortunately, which is why he doesn't have leverage, which is why the Colts uh, feel comfortable drawing a hard line. And I guess why Ursay felt comfortable spouting off. Um, you know, he's not as far as like a trade return. I Colts wouldn't really get much in return just a year on the contract. I also think they'd rather just keep him. Um, and I don't think he has much to gain from skipping games. I mean, frankly, and this is the thing that kind of looms over all of these standoffs. Uh, very few players do. There've been very few successful holdouts, not just recently, but like over the last 10, 20 years. And, I think uh, the likelihood of a running back holding out, even with the injury to Zach Moss and the lack of depth, it's not likely to work out well for him. So I think ultimately this is most likely going to end with him just going back and playing as hard as it, hard as it will be for him to swallow after Ursay's comments. If uh, the NFL is an episode of Real Housewives, Mina Kimes is Andy Cohen, and she joins us now <laughs> on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Aaron Goldhammer, Michelle Smallman with you. We got into this debate, Mina. I'm curious your take because we were talking about Jonathan Taylor and about Zach Martin. Would you rather have the best running back in the NFL or the best offensive guard in the NFL playing on your team? I would rather have the best guard in the NFL. I think most teams feel that way. It's uh, reflected in contracts <laughs> frankly you see that you know i think it's a it's and and it's actually actually part of the running back uh devaluation is i think increasingly teams recognize that um uh, blocking matters more when it comes to the run game than i think that they knew maybe even 10 20 years ago um i look at a team like philadelphia that's invested so much in their offensive line and continues to invest in it and is not invested in the running back position. And I think that strikes me as a, as a pretty um, modern way of looking at football that increasingly other teams are coming around to. Mina, I hope you saw Mike Sandoz piece on the athletic, the quarterback tiers that were released today. Um, if you have, is there anything that, po- okay, great. I assumed you did. Is there anything that popped out to you? Any uh, controversial tiers or placements in your opinion? Uh, this is, by the way, it's a great read for those who don't check it out every, every year. And poor Mike Sandoz, a friend of mine, gets yelled at. They're not his friend. <laughs> he's, he's just, uh, Jeremy Ballard takes the brunt of it for us at ESPN. He's talking to folks around the NFL. It's really useful, frankly, to get a grasp on how executives and coaches are thinking. And uh, I think something that jumped out, um, I imagine Dolphins fans weren't too happy. I think Tua Tungavailoa was ranked like 17th. Behind a lot of quarterbacks that, you know, he played better than last year. But I think in addition to obviously the health concerns, um, it, it seems like there's some skepticism around the league in terms of how much of that was him versus the system, the skill players. So that's one that I think will be interesting to see if, uh, if Tua can sustain that level of play this year and, and prove those guys wrong. Mina, do you really believe, maybe I'm just naive in the way that I see this, but to me there's something missing with Justin Herbert when it comes to big games and situations and blowing that 27 nothing lead. Is he really a Tier 1 quarterback in your mind? Yeah, I think he is. I think he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. I actually rewatched that game recently, and Justin Herbert barely touched the ball in the second half. Um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, he probably made a couple of throws he'd like to have back, but he didn't really get many opportunities there. The run game was non existent, and the defense really blew it. Um, 
I, I think with Herbert, you know, he can be a bit of a tough eval at times because I think the context around him has been flawed, changing. There's been so many injuries, uh, both to the wide receiver group and that offensive line. Uh, but, and I think, you know, sometimes when you, you bring those things up, people will cite them as excuses. To me, it's just context. But I will say this. I think he's probably in the best situation going into this year that he's been in since coming into the NFL in terms of the offensive line, the weapons, having a new play caller who I like a lot, Kellen Moore. So it's definitely an opportunity for him to prove that he belongs in that top tier that apparently a lot of folks around the league believe he's in. So right at the top of tier two, Mina, we have Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Trevor Lawrence. Out of those three quarterbacks, who do you think will be in tier one next season? Ooh, I mean, all of them. <laughs> They're all so good. <laughs> They're all in great situations. Um, I guess I would probably go with Hurts because when I look at that offense and, and everything looks pretty much the same outside of some change at running back, it's hard for me to imagine him regressing just because of the circumstances being so good. And, and the fact that, and this is a credit to him, you know, he's improved every, this is kind of a cliche when you talk about Jalen Hurts, but it's just true. He's improved every year that he's not just been being in the NFL, but also been a college quarterback. So I don't see why he would take a step back when he gets to play with basically an all-star team in Philadelphia. But I'll tell you guys this, I am very excited to watch Lamar Jackson in that new look Ravens offense this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if he looks terrific as well. Mina, you on Team Sean Payton or Team Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I'm on Team Keep It Going because I like the drama. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Team Chaos, can I say that? Team, I'm always Team Chaos, Team Beef. Um, and I think, you know, I you can kind of make a case for both. I mean, what Sean Payton said, there's a lot of veracity to it. Whether he should have said it, I think, is worth debating. And as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, defending his coach um, was the right thing to do and obviously probably played really well in the building. So I don't really object to either. Uh, and I personally enjoy the back and forth, especially since they're facing off in a few weeks or probably oh, in week five. Yeah, I, I, I love it, too. And anybody in the media who's screaming and yelling, complaining about this, this is some of the best stuff that we could possibly oh, get. In come July. on. It's July. Juicy. Let's go. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mina, appreciate the time. Thank you so much. As always, Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL Live, NFL analyst. You can listen to her podcast with Lenny, her dog, who you know sits next to her. And it's great NFL insight wherever you get your podcast. Coming up, why did the NBA issue a memo on Damian Lillard's trade request? We hear from Woj next. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. You know, it's never good when you get a memo from your boss that's written in a stern tone. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Michelle Smallman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Our caller topic today, if you want to jump in with us, 888-ESPN. We want to poll America, not Jet fan or I feel like Patriots fans should be thrown out of this also. Are you and Dolphins for, fans. Are you rooting for against... Like, is America pro Aaron Rodgers or are they anti Aaron Rodgers? What we're trying to get a sense of, triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. And we'll get to your calls coming up. The NBA put out this memo last week, Michelle, about public trade demands and about 
saying, I only want to go there. I think that's part of the issue. But I guess in general, right, they don't want guys making public trade demands overall, which is kind of funny to me because I think one of the most exciting things that happens in the NBA, aside from Game 7 of the NBA Finals, is when a star player demands a trade. Yeah, we love the drama. We love the transaction as much as we love the action on the court. And I understand the NBA stance here because if Damian Lillard wants out of Portland and only wants to go to Miami, that's not good for Portland. That's not good for them trying to execute this deal if Miami doesn't have the best package for them. So I understand why the NBA might want to get involved here and send out the stern memo. I also understand Aaron Goodwin's position. He represents Damian Lillard. His responsibility is not to the NBA. It's not to the Portland Trailblazers. His responsibility is to get his client what he wants, which is to get to Miami. So if he needs to make some phone calls and let people know that it's Miami or bust for us, he's doing his job as well. What's funny, I don't know if free agency is even really a thing in the NBA anymore. I think everybody is a free agent. If you want to leave your situation, all you have to do is ask and make a stink and gain a bunch of weight and not show up to practice. And all of a sudden, you can just go and do whatever you want, go wherever you want, team up together and get a bunch of draft picks. Like, it really feels like, you know, the era of LeBron and the decision and KD deciding on July 4th and the Players' Tribune to go to Golden State. Like, guys aren't hitting free agency. The, the biggest free agent this year was Fred Van Vliet, right? So it's, I don't think guys are even bothering to, I think they're taking their money. I think they're getting the biggest contract they can, and they know if they're in a situation like the one Dame is in, they can just request a trade and still probably go to their preferred destination. Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN senior NBA insider, was on the NBA today. Hey, Woj, why did the NBA issue a memo, a memo, a memo, or a memo on the Damian Lillard trade request? There are very few issues the league uh, owners are as sensitive about is the idea of, uh, performing those services under a contract that a player, uh, wherever he is, uh, making any suggestion or his agent making any suggestion that he would give less than his best based on a trade happening or a trade not happening. That's what this memo was about. That's what this, I think, abomination of uh, Aaron Goodwin, Damian Lillard from the league uh, was focused on simply the idea that you can't say that publicly and you can't say that to teams. Don't trade for my client. He's not going to play hard for you or he's not going to show up. What is the punishment, though? You're going to fine a player $100,000? They're going to be making $100 million. <laughs> like, what, is, what really is the deterrent to not go to a team and say, I don't want to play for you? Yeah, I know that that they said in this memo that you'll be subject to discipline if you make private or public comments like this. But what your your point, Aaron, is great. What is the discipline? What is going Uh-oh. to be enough for these guys to be deterred from trying to force their way to where they want to go? Because I don't think yeah. it's going to be financial. Um, but I I just think at the end of the day, they're watching their peers get what they want. They're watching their peers alter the landscape and team up with one another and have their chance at competing for a championship. So if it's going to cost them some money on the back end, I don't think that's going to be a problem for players. 
And look, I think for certain guys, demanding their way out hurts their brand. So I think they have to deal with the ramifications of that. For some guys, like for Dame, I don't think that it does because he was so loyal to Portland for so long. But has it hurt James Harden's brand that he keeps? He leads the league in trade demands. He leads the league in one category, wanting out. And that's what he does. Yeah, I don't think it hurts anybody's brands because we really expected at this point in the NBA. You know, Damian Lillard, I think, would be the outlier because he's been so loyal to Portland for so long. And I think that everybody kind of understands his perspective here, that he wants his chance to win. Yeah, I I just think teams now also don't want to wait for free agency to get rid of guys because then they get them for they get rid of them for nothing. At that point, they leave for nothing. I think they want to get the draft picks, the young player back so that the covered after they lose their star isn't completely bare. Coming up next, the Jets are the most boomer bust team in the NFL this season. Are there any others that are on that list of variants? We discuss and we debate. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Michelle Smallman on Canty and Carlin. We're on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.